Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Oh, it's familiar yet formal all at the same time. And you know, and it stands for king and uh, oh, I did crowned not, with laurel. I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very kingly name. Oh, see, look at all the things I'm learning today. Yeah. I've I've always thought of you in that high high realm. Yes. Well, yes. Yes. Um, um, while we're I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> no, I've got the perfect segue. While we're talking about royalty, why don't we talk about someone who became queen, Lair? Oh and, yes, yes. And, so and, and that's Queen Esther. Lead us into Queen Queen Esther. Yeah. So tonight, because because um, one of our loyal listeners asked for Esther, we decided to do Esther. Thanks, mom. And, and we're going to do <laughs> Esther this week. So we'll we'll do it chapter by chapter, which is our our pattern. It's our right? way. It's yeah. But I wanted to give you just a little bit of background because I couldn't remember if we did this when we did um, Ezra Nehemiah, but but it, it dawned on us somewhere along the way that of course Esther is in the same time period as uh, as Ezra. Oh, that if now you can never get anything completely straight when you're dealing with Persia because the names are all over the place. We think they might not even have been names; they were they might have been titles. Um, and things like that. So, so we're never really sure. Like Xerxes, who Esther, Esther happens in the time of Xerxes, who might have been Aharasis as well. Hmm. As, as hard as that name is to say, I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm not going to yeah, say it out yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're not 100 percent sure. And some think he was. She was actually during the time of Artaxerxes. And so that that messes up the timing. But but if we say she was, the thing we know is it was Persia, right? Yeah. And don't forget that some scholars don't believe that Esther ever existed. Really? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much anything you do in the Bible, there's going to be someone that wrote a commentary who said none of it could have happened. In the New Testament, they don't believe that Paul wrote any of the Pauline epistles. They were always his students. I don't know how they knew what he sounded like if they didn't accept anything as his. (laughs) (laughs) Usually Romans, they'll give to Paul. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe Corinthians sometimes, and then that's about it. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, um, Esther, if we put Esther around four, let's say we'll put her in the 470s, okay? Then then, um, then Ezra, we think, went over about 459, 458. Okay. And Nehemiah may have went over in 444. So, so they're all in the same time period. Mm-hmm. And there's actually people who think that Nehemiah might have been related somehow to Esther. Oh, but I don't know. I don't know where you can even figure that out. But um, but but this is the time period that all of this happened. Persia is in control. So remember, Babylon took over Assyria. Assyria took Israel into captivity, 722, 721. Babylon conquered Assyria somewhere between 629 and 609. Okay. Yeah. Under maybe Nebuchadnezzar or somebody. Yeah. Took over took over Assyria. And then, then they were, that, that was the major, um, what do they call that? The major diaspora, the major exile with, with Judah, um, which started in 605 with the royal, royal kids and then maybe 586 with everybody else. Hmm. And then um, Persia, the Medes and the Persians, Persia takes over Babylon in around five, what, 539. In around that that time period, right? Okay. So that would have been under Cyrus the Great, 
And you know, when they talk about the Medes and the Persians, Media was was in that Iran, the upper part of Iran as well. Oh, okay. And they think that that they that Persia was a vassal to like a, a underling to the Medes until Cyrus, and then Cyrus took over the Medes. Little mm. little Alexander the Great type stuff. Okay, I get you. I get you now. Yeah, yeah. and so then um, so Cyrus um, Cyrus the Great was actually a, it seems like a pretty good king of Persia. And Zerubbabel went back to Jerusalem under Cyrus. And, mm. yeah, in around 536, 535, we think that Zerubbabel, or it might be as early as 520, Zerubbabel took about 40,000 Jews and went home. So it sounds like it sounds like Persia took over Babylon. They were all in captivity to Babylon, and Zerubbabel said, hey, can we go home? And he went, yeah, you might as well. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get lost. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on. Go on with you. Come on, come on. <laughs> Zerubbabel goes back to Jerusalem and rebuilds the temple. And that's the temple that, that mm. remember, they were crying and, and happy. Right. Depending on whether they knew the first temple or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, so that's in the 530s. And then in the 470s, Esther comes into in, and marries Xerxes. Okay. So, so Persia at that time... So Persia started the the war with the Greeks in around 492. So Marathon, as you well know, because you run marathons. Oh, nice lead-in. Well done. Yeah. Marathon um, was fought in around 490. So Persia was coming over uh, with their ships, and, and a guy, the guy ran the, what is it, 26 miles? Yes, that's right. To, to report that the Persians were coming, and then he died. So he wasn't in as good a shape as the guys nowadays because he died. Or yeah. he ran into the armor. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I guess to give him a, give him his due, fine. We have to give him his due because he was probably running pretty hard. Yeah. And and it was very warm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. And and so the legend, I think in the legend he dies. And they go back and they fight the Persians. And they defeat the Persians at Marathon. And then in um, 479-ish, it sounds like they defeated the Persians in another war, another piece of that war. And then in four um, in 449 is the end of that, of the Persian War, mm. right? In 480, if we, and so we're still all around the time that Esther's there, in 480 is when Xerxes went over to fight the Greeks, when he went with his armies to fight the Greeks. Mm. And in, in 480 is where you have Thermopylae. And if you ever watch the Spartans in the 300, that movie, The 300. Mm -hmm. By the way, I don't think 300 Greeks can push elephants off a cliff. Yeah. Just in case you're wondering. Yeah. That's yeah. Just... <laughs> I knew you weren't wondering, but, but. Yeah. But if I was, there it was. Yeah. So, and, and so Thermopylae happened in around 480. And it, it looks like Xerxes may have actually, he may have been there the way the movie shows. Mm. Now, the movie shows only 300 100 Spartans. And in my history, when I was studying it, when I was doing classics, it was 300 Spartans. Mm. But there were also many other Greeks there as well. So there may have been 7,000 Greeks altogether. Nobody really knows. Right. Um, they do know that someone showed them showed the Persian way around Thermopylae, and then they, they sacked the rest. They started winning after that. But um, but the idea of 300 Spartans may have been true. With Leonides, he was the king at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and all of that kind of stuff. So So this is all the stuff that's happening with Persia in around the time that Esther um, becomes the queen. Yeah. Oh, another couple of things, by the way, just in case you care. In 479, Confucius died in China. 
oh. is China. Yeah, I think Confucius is China. Yeah. And um, and in 483, Buddha died. So Buddha and Confucius are in around that same period of time as well. Interesting. Yeah. So there's stuff going on um, all over the place in in the ancient Near East. I mean, it's it, it's not it's not a quiet time. It's mm. it's mm. Um, it's a very big time. Yeah. That that um, that all of this stuff is happening. So Esther comes on the scene. Say we'll say 473. Esther comes on. And by the way, um, the Jewish, the Talmud, right? So the, the commentary um, suggests that Esther was somewhere between 40 and 75 or even 80 years old. And I never read that. I read that she was like in her teens yeah. whenever I read it. Yeah. Right? Because I don't know what a 40-year-old woman is doing listening to Mordecai anyway <laughs> at, at, at any point in time. <laughs> so... So I, so even though they say she could have been forty or older, I, I'm still, I'm still thinking, you know, like Sarah was probably sixty when, the, when the, uh, when the king wanted her, when Abraham said she's my sister. Yes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, maybe they just, had, you know, I, I will say nothing more because I, I see nothing but trouble. Yes. Yes. From, yes. Coming from this. Yes. Yeah. I, I can hear Craig Evans in my ears because I remember Craig Evans talking about this when I took Old Testament survey from him. It was Larry. Larry and I, Larry knows Craig Evans real well, and Craig started to go sixty years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, be careful, Craig. Be careful. You're talking to undergrads. Be be very careful. So, and also, by the way, during this period of time, in about 487, Egypt revolts. Mm. The Egyptians are revolting, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> the peasants are revolting. Yes, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. But, um, so, but what it tells you is that at the time that Esther is, is with Xerxes and, and Mordecai and this stuff with Haman is going on, there's so many more things happening in the empire. Like like some of the Jews have already gone back. Some of the other ones may may go back very soon, right? Yeah. Um, um, the, the, uh, the Persian Empire at that time was all the way from India to Kush, they say. Mm. Now, Kush is in the bottom of Egypt. Right. Is it actually part of Egypt or is it a separate country in the bottom of Egypt? I can't remember. I, hmm. But they were there. I think they were Kushites. So. They were Kushites, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, or cushions, <laughs> which would be at the bottom of Egypt. <laughs> that's, that's like me hearing that people from Smithers are called Smithereens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so anyway, so there's there, so so when you when you look at these kind of things and you say you know they were letting the Jewish people go back, part of it was to was to to fulfill their fill their empire with loyal people is a part of it. But they were they were struggling, man. They were yeah. they had wars with the Greeks. They had wars with the with the Egyptians again. Yeah, and and there's all of this stuff that's happening. Yeah, these are now not. Don't the, forget. The, oh, I was going to say these are not the calm days of King Solomon, right? These are far different kingdoms that are being managed here. Yeah, there are there are times of peace and there are times of war, and there are, you know, which Solomon also said. Yeah. If, if you wrote Ecclesiastes, um, you know, there's a time to lay down arms. There's a time to pick them up yeah. and probably pick them up. You know, when you're going into battles, a good idea. <laughs> if you're laying them down at that time. You've really, you've yeah. really missed the mark. Yeah, you but, and, and Susa is the capital of Persia. And Susa is, 
is probably twelve or thirteen hundred kilometers from Jerusalem. Mm. So it's the kingdom is massive. Yeah. The Persian kingdom is massive, and and if you want to know who they are nowadays, we're talking about the Iran Iran Iraq. Yeah. This okay. is Iran Iraq. Iraq was kind of Babylon area, and and Iran. The Persians were Iranians. You remember the Persian comedian who said, um, you know, people say, are you Iranian? I say, no, I, I am Persian, like the cat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he says it makes us seem a lot a lot friendlier <laughs> and more gentle that way. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and the, the, the whole Persian War is, is fabulous. If you read about it uh, in Herodotus, he, they talk about them drinking the rivers dry when they were passing. Mm. There were so many. They they talked about all the different ways they fought and and the, the, that the Greeks um, spoke different dialects of one language, mm. but the Persians, I mean, they their armies spoke all different languages. You know, and there were so many, you you couldn't even keep up with with all of the people. Mm. Mm. They think at Thermopylae there were seven thousand Greeks and about thirty thousand Persians. Wow. Or from all different places, and and that could be from Africa and from everywhere, all mm. all different parts of their empire. So this is this is this is the scene. This is the scene that Esther is coming in on, oh. and a wildly powerful king. Yeah, you know, and if you listen to the Bible Project, um, I love those guys, and yeah. and they'll they say he was pretty much just a drunken lush, and. And pretty much screwing up everything that he did along the way, and, <laughs> so, and that's what she married into. Yeah. So he's a politician then. <laughs> he was, a yeah, just a complete politician, and and so we're on chapter one. We might as well do it. Yeah, I hope, unless we stop now because I've talked so much. No, you did great. Okay, uh, let's do chapter one then, folks. Chapter one of Esther, and I'll start at verse one, and Larry and I'll do our usual thing where he'll stop me when it's appropriate, and then off we go. Yeah. This is what happened during the time of Xerxes. The Xerxes who ruled over 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush, just like Larry said. At that time, King Xerxes reigned from his royal throne in the citadel of Susa. And in the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. The military leaders of Persia and Media, not like CD Media, this is actually a place. The princes and the nobles of the provinces were present. For a full 180 days, he displayed the vast wealth of his kingdom and the splendor and the glory of his majesty. And when these days were over, the king gave a banquet, lasting seven days, in the enclosed garden of the king's palace. For all the people from the least to the greatest who were in this, for all the people from the least to the greatest who were in the citadel of Susa, the garden had hangings of white and blue linen, fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of, well, I don't even know what that first word is. Marble. Let's mother just say marble. Yeah. Marble. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look it up, folks. It's, uh, it, it is something I don't, I've never heard of that. Uh, marble, mother of pearl, and other costly stones. Wine was served in goblets of gold, each with one different from the other. And the royal wine was abundant and in keeping with the king's liberality. By the king's command, each guest was allowed to drink with no dis no restrictions, for the king instructed all the wine stewards to serve each man what he wished. King v Queen Vashi also gave a banquet for the women. So anyway, so I should I should I guess I should say something. No worries. Um, 
so just just the incredible wealth of this country. Yeah, I remember um, when when they were fighting the Greeks. There was one of the Greeks after they defeated the Persians went into their tents and they said, "Oh look, they've they've come from their wealth to rob us of our poverty." Mm. <laughs> so and they were just amazed at just the the incredible stuff. Like his stuff must have must have rivaled what Solomon had. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Right in in and. And so, like 180 days, that's that's half a year, isn't it? Little, just shy of a half a year. Yeah. Of partying. So, <laughs> I mean, and the and I did double check because I, I thought the gardens were those the hanging gardens of Babylon, but of course they wouldn't be because they're in Susa. So these are these gardens are different than that. Yeah. And now now Vashti is also doing the same thing for the women. Yeah. So verse nine, folks, Queen Vashti, uh, Vashti also gave a banquet for the woman in the royal palace, palace of King Xerxes. On the seventh day, when Xerxes was high in spirits from wine, like Larry said, he was a lush, don't forget, he commanded the seven eunuchs who served him, uh, Behuman, Bitha, Harbona, Bigtha, who was <laughs> un unfortunately named. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an unfortunate double entendre. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Abagatha, Zephar, uh, and Caracas, 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 to bring before him Queen Vashi wearing her royal clown, crown, clown, royal crown, <laughs> in order to display her beauty to the the people and the nobles, for she was lovely to look at. But when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashi refused to come. Then the king became furious and burned with anger. Since it was customary for the king to consult experts in matters of law and justice, he spoke with the wise men who understood the times, those who were closest to the king, the seven nobles of Persia and Media who had special access to the king and who were in the highest and who were the highest in the kingdom. According to the law, what must be done to Queen Vashi, he asked. She has not obeyed the command of King Xerxes that the eunuchs have taken to her. So so just for a second here. Um, it, it's going to be, it's really funny what these guys have to say about this. They're actually quite worried about their own wives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's sad for you, but she, word of this better not get out, King, because I got my own problems at home, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm going to have more problems if they find out that your wife is just doing whatever she wants. Yeah. So so this is not a, um, a, libera, a liberated uh, yeah. portion of Scripture. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, this moment of... Uh, patriarchy was brought to you by Xerxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then one of the nobles replied in the presence of the king and the nobles, Queen Vashi has done wrong, not only against the king, but also against all the nobles and the peoples of all provinces of King Xerxes. For the queen's conduct will become known to all the women so that they will despise their husbands and say, King Xerxes commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him and she would not come. To this very day, at least at the writing of this, the Persian and Median, Median women of the nobility who have heard about the queen's conduct will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way. There will be no end of disrespect and discord. <laughs> yeah, this is a terrible passage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine, you know, hey, I called you from the kitchen to say, come here. And you're like, no. I'm not coming. <laughs> and you're like, well, you can't let this get out. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be bad for all of us. <laughs> That's right. That's right. 
Verse 19, folks. Therefore, if it pleases the king, let him issue a royal decree and let it be written in the laws of Persia and Media, which cannot be repealed, which will become important later to hear that little this, phrase. Th yeah, this becomes important later on, you were saying, right? Yeah, yeah, that Vashti is never again to enter the presence of King Xerxes. Also, let the king give a royal position to someone who is better than she. When the king's edict is proclaimed throughout all his vast realm, all the women will respect their husbands from the least to the greatest. The king and his nobles were pleased with this advice <laughs> as a shock to no one. So the king did as proposed. <laughs> he sent dispatches to all the parts of the kingdom, to each province in his own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his own household using his native tongue. Yeah. So um, we can stop there, actually. But, but it's, it's a bit of a crazy story. Yes, you know, and but it does pick up on that. Um, the, whatever this, whatever the king says, can't be repealed, and that's going to affect them later on. Yeah. Now, now Vashti, by the way, was a Persian woman, mm. and there are people who are going to say because now he's going to look for a beautiful young woman, and they're all going to look all over the land, and this is, this is where Esther comes in on it, mm. and. And so, so we're we're moving into into Esther's time, right? And and I should have mentioned that that what this whole book is about is the Feast of Purim, which which is a feast that the Jews celebrate every year, okay. And um, and that's why some people think it was just a made up story to talk about why they why they did Purim, but it's also it's also the final deliverance of the Jewish people that's going to happen in this book, right? The final deliverance, um. From from the from from all of this ancient stuff, hmm. I mean, I mean, the Jewish people have had to be, had to be delivered again and again, but this was this was a big one that they celebrated every year. Right, right. So, so yeah, wow. yeah. So it's a weird thing, and it's a weird party, and in in it's it's the foolishness of wealth. Yeah, you know, and and sets the table for what we'll see in terms of how Esther approaches the king later on, too. Right, in terms of yeah. The and, and God um, uses all of this to help his people, which is interesting. Yes. Yeah. And there's there's things in here that we cannot in a, in a modern mind justify. If we are if we if we follow what we call presentism, um, we would say this would never happen if we were there. Right. But we weren't there. Yeah. And, yeah. These people need to be judged in their time, not in our time. Yeah. And I've often said that if I was a woman living in those days, I'd want to be part of a, a harem. Because you never see, I mean, most of the women never saw the king. <laughs> they were waited on hand and foot. I, I think life was good for most of them. You know? I wouldn't want to be one of the beautiful women in the harem. Yeah. Oh, look, look at that one there. <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to do arts and crafts. <laughs> Another day of horseback riding count me in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we may be in trouble with our audience. <laughs> yeah, and if we haven't, well, hey, you knew what you were getting into when you started listening to this anyway, so carry on. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. But it is incredible, um, all of the stuff that's going on while God's doing his thing. Yeah. Maybe that's part of the joy of this story as we'll get to the end of it. And, you know, we'll see that over successive weeks is that God is using people for his purposes for other people in other places. Mm, yeah. 
And that's much like our own lives. Like, I mean, it's the scariest thought we ever have, right? That maybe things that are going on in my life is not to benefit me, but is to benefit somebody else that God wants to bless. It's, it's, it, it's always a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I've, I've heard people say that. I went through all of this stuff so that I could help someone else. And I was like, maybe I could just, like, give them some advice online or something. <laughs> <laughs> could I hand them a good book? Could I hand them a yeah. good book? Here you go. <laughs> Read this. You'll feel I, better. I remember one guy, he said, you know, you could suffer, you know, for the sake of Jesus. And he said, well, couldn't I? Like just go to Club Med and show that I, <laughs> I can live there and not be materialistic <laughs> or something. Yeah. Oh, well, my friend, thank you so much for this, folks. I hope you enjoyed kind of. Um, well, I hope not. Kind of. I hope you enjoyed how Larry set the table for us on this and also gave us the context of where Esther finds herself and why this. What happened is so miraculous in lots of ways. And what God is doing to it for his people in Israel. But like he said, 1,100, 1,200 kilometers away. As always, we are so blessed to have you along on this journey. Thank you that you actually listen. We're amazed by it. We're blessed by it. We're thankful for it. So we hope you enjoyed this. We hope it, it uh, just blessed you. Until next week, I was Steve. He was Larry. This was the Apocalypse.